Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Yahweh. Father, as we enter into your presence, O Lord, with thanksgiving and joy, O Father, we look towards you, O Lord, for instructions and guidance to lead us, O Father, in the way that we should go today, O Lord. Father, we say thank you for your mercies today. Thank you for awakening us this morning, O oh Father. We thank you for your grace, O oh Father, that's sufficient for us, O oh Lord, that when we are weak, then are you strong in us, O oh Father. We come before you, Father, seeking truth, O oh Lord. We desire to be transformed into the image of Christ. Father, we desire for your word to wash us and cleanse us, O Lord, from all unrighteousness. We thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit that comes to teach us truth, to illuminate our hearts and our minds. And to transform us, O oh Father, into the image of Christ. We thank you, Yahweh. We thank you, Daddy God. You are worthy to be praised, O oh Lord, on today. Father, as we go into Romans chapter 13, verse 14, concerning our flesh. Father, open up the eyes of our understanding that we may comprehend what you are saying to us individually concerning our flesh. Father, and teach us how to walk in the word, to be doers of your word, O oh Lord. Strengthen us, Father, in the areas that we fall short in of your glory, O oh Lord God. For you are the way the truth, and the life. We thank you, Alpha and Omega, for the blood of your son, Yeshua, that washes us and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. We thank you that the word is transforming our hearts. Thank you, Abba, that we are in the palm of your hands and that you know us by name, O Lord. We thank you, Father, that you have not forsaken us, you have not abandoned us, but you sent your Holy Spirit 
to be our comforter, to be our teacher, to be our instructor, and to lead us into all truth and to remind us what Christ the Messiah has said in his word. We thank you, Lord. Father, we cover this line in the blood of your son, Yeshua. Father, and we prohibit any spirits of distractions, lying spirits, manipulating spirits in the name of Yeshua. And we thank you, Father, that the angels are guarding this line, Lord, this broadcast. We thank you, Father, that we know that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, so we pull down every thought that comes against your word, O Lord. And we accept and receive your word, Father, as truth in our inner man. We thank you, Father, for your divine favor on today. We thank you, Father, that you speak to our hearts and that we know your desires and your will, O Lord, for our lives. We thank you, Father, for the word on today. Thank you, Yahweh. In Christ, the Messiah's name, amen and amen. Well, good morning, beloved. Good morning to you and welcome to Women of Grace, A Voice in the Wilderness. And today our topic will be our attitude towards the flesh. But before I get into that, I want to play um, these songs for you. Hallelujah. I want to play three songs for you, and then we'll get right on into the lesson. I know I haven't played any songs lately, but I'm being led to play these songs. Hallelujah. And as you get your hearts ready, your minds set to receive the word of God, hallelujah, focus your attention on the Lord today. Don't last always. There's a friend in Jesus. 
wipe away is away. Know that I can make it. Know that I can stand. No matter what may come my way. Thank you, Father. You down. Be I know that I can make it. I know that I can stand. No matter what may come my way, life is in your hands. Away. Your life is in your hands. Your life is in your
which was and is and is to come. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Which was and is and is to come. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, O Lord. Glory and honor belongs to you, O Father. And we just thank you for the word on today, O Lord. We thank you, Father God, for all that you have done and yet going to do in our lives, O Lord. We thank you for the word on today, O Father. Well, beloved, welcome once again to Women of Grace, a voice in the wilderness. And we're picking up in Romans chapter 13, and we'll be talking about our attitude to the flesh today. Hallelujah. What should our attitude towards the flesh be? Hallelujah. There's many voices that are out here in the world that are giving their opinions, but we want to see what the Word of God has to say concerning the flesh. If you would, turn your uh, swords to Romans chapter 13, and we're going to read verse 14. Romans chapter 13, verse 14, we're going to pick up on. Hallelujah. I pray that you guys are, are hearing me clearly. Glory to God that you're hearing me clearly. And uh, Romans chapter 13, verse, verse 14, reads out the Amplified Bible. But clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and make no provision for indulging the flesh. Put a stop to thinking about the evil cravings of your physical nature to gratify its desires, lust. 
Now, as Paul closes Romans 13, he makes one defining statement. Paul's words translated by the New King James Version are, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. The Greek word translated provision means for thought or thinking ahead. The word flesh means just that, the flesh of the human body, and refers to the body's natural appetites. Now, do you recall in our previous study in Romans chapter 8, verse 5, where in uh, the New Testament, Paul, uh, in the uh, Amplified Bible, Paul writes, For those who are according to the flesh and are controlled by its unholy desires, set their minds on, and pursue those things which gratify the flesh. But those who are according to the Spirit and are controlled by the desires of the Spirit, set their minds on and seek those things which gratify the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. You cannot please God walking in the flesh. You can only please God by seeking the things which gratifies the Holy Spirit. Here in Romans 13, verse 14, Paul is, uh, Paul is tying up the whole of his message in Romans chapter 12 and 13 by pointing back to Romans chapter 8. In short, he is saying, put on the new self, which is Christ himself, to change your focus from the flesh to the spirit. This issue of focus, where you set your mind, is central to Paul's teaching on walking in the spirit. And so in the last verse of Romans 13, Paul tells his readers to make sure that they do not set their minds on the flesh and its desires. The New Living Translation words Romans 13, verse 14, this way. But let the Lord Jesus Christ take control of you and don't think of ways to indulge your evil desires. Now, Watchman, Watchman Nee, in his commentary, says this about Romans chapter 13, verse 14. 14, he says, although we have been baptized into Christ and are already in Christ, turn your swords to Romans chapter 6, verse 3. Also go to Galatians chapter 3, verse 27. Hallelujah. He says, although... We have been baptized into Christ and are already in Christ. For Romans chapter 6 verse 3 at the Amplified says, you are, are you ignorant of the fact that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? And Galatians chapter 3 verse 27 says, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ into a spiritual union and communion with Christ, 
the anointed one, the Messiah, have put on. Clothe yourselves with Christ. Hallelujah. He says, and to live out Christ, turn your swords to Philippians chapter 1, verse 21. We're going to read. And also turn to, we're going to read Philippians chapter 1 and 21 and verse, Philippians chapter 1, verse 21 and verse 20. We're going to read. Hallelujah. He says, and to live out Christ, Philippians 1 verse 21 reads out the Amplified Bible. He said, for me to live is Christ, his life in me, and to die is gain, the gain of the glory of eternity. He goes on to say, thus magnifying Christ, verse 20, this is in keeping with my own eager desire and present expectation and hope that I shall not disgrace myself nor be put to shame in anything, but that with the utmost freedom of speech and unfailing courage, now as always heretofore, Christ the Messiah will be magnified and get glory and praise in this body of mine and be boldly exalted in my person, whether through by life or through by death. He says, putting on Christ is the same as putting on the weapons of light, which we read, hallelujah, on yesterday of Romans chapter 13, verse 12, which reads, of the Amplified, Romans chapter 13, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 13, verse 12, we read on yesterday, putting on the armor of light. He said, the night is far gone and the day is almost here. Let us then drop, fling away the works and deeds of darkness and put on the full armor of light. Now he says here, indicating that Christ is the weapons of light for the warfare between the spirit and the lust. The warfare... Here is the same as the conflict between the spirit and the lusts of the flesh. Turn your source to Galatians chapter 5, and we're going to read verse 17. Galatians chapter 5, verse 17, reads out the Amplified Bible. He says, for the desires of the flesh are opposed to the Holy Spirit, and the desires of the spirit are opposed to the flesh. Godless human nature, for these are antinoctic to each other continually, withstanding and in conflict with each other, so that you are not free but are prevented from doing what you desire to do. Glory to God. He says, however, it is different from our wrestling against the devil and his evil forces and from the warfare between the law of sin and the law of good in us. Our agreement, this word has the same root as the Greek word for take forethought. To take forethought includes the meaning to provide. 
To make no provisions for the flesh is to not take any forethought for the flesh or provide the flesh with anything that will support it and make it convenient for it to fulfill its lust. Hallelujah. We are to put off the flesh. We are not to make provisions for the flesh. Having a forethought, I call it premeditated sin. Making a forethought, thinking about it, contemplating it, what we're going to do. Hallelujah. Our attitude, hallelujah, towards the flesh should always uh, be, it died to Christ. We are hidden in Christ. Hallelujah. But we must put on the Lord Jesus Christ. We must put him on, beloved. Glory to God. Now, we're moving on towards our attitude to weak, weaker Christians. Turn now. We're going to Romans chapter 14, and we're going to read verses 1 to 4. And this is all connected together concerning our flesh and how we are, what is our attitude to be towards weaker Christians that are still yielding to the dictates of their desires. We must put those desires to death. And we must focus our attention on the desires of the Holy Spirit to walk as Christ has commanded us to walk. We are being transformed into his image on a daily basis. It is the word of God that washes and cleanses you from all unrighteousness with the blood of Christ. The Holy Spirit comes to transform you into the image of Christ, and that's through reading of his word, meditation of the word of God. Here in Romans chapter 14, verse 1 through 4, reads out of the Amplified. It says, as for the man who is a weak believer... Welcome him into your fellowship, but do not, but not to criticize his opinions or pass judgment on his scruples or perplex him with discussions. One man's faith permits him to believe he may eat anything, while a weaker one limits his eating to vegetables. Let not him who eats look down on or despise him who obtains, and let not him who obtains criticize and pass judgment on him who eats. For God has accepted and welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on and censor another's household servant? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he shall stand and be upheld for the master, the Lord, is mighty to support him and make him stand. Turn your swords to James chapter, 14, chapter 4, verse 12, and hold your place there. Hallelujah. Here Paul goes on to say, Paul divines those who are weak in the flesh as those who have not yet discovered the fullness of the liberty which is found in Christ. They have come to know the Savior, forgiveness of sins, but still govern their lives by rules and regulations, which Paul, in Romans chapter 7, verse 6, calls the old way of the written code. 
he mentions two areas of the written code as examples. One, the abstaining from certain foods, and two, the observance of certain days. Here in James chapter 4, verse 12, out the Amplified reads, One only is the lawgiver and judge who is able to save and to destroy the one who has the absolute power of life and death. But you, who are you, that you presume to pass judgment on your neighbor? Beloved, we have all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. We have no right to judge any man or woman, or even a child for that matter. We have no right. There's only one lawgiver and one judge, and that is Yeshua. Hallelujah. But here, Paul is addressing the uh, Christians in Rome, Rome, he had got news and report that they were judging the weaker Christians, the weaker believers, hallelujah, because they were eating meat, certain meats, hallelujah, and they were criticizing them. And the word got back to him, so he had to address it. If you would, go turn your swords to Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10, and we're going to read verses 9 through 16, and also go to, go, let's go back to Galatians chapter 2 and hold place at verse 11. Now, though the gospel has set us free from these religious regulations, some believers, particularly the Jewish Christians of Paul's day, could not fully receive this liberty. For here in Acts chapter 10, verse 9 through 16 reads out the Amplified. It goes on to say, The next day as they were still on their way and were approaching the town, Peter went up to the roof of the house to pray about the sixth hour noon. But he became very hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, a trance came over him. And he saw the sky open and something like a great sheet lowered by the four corners descending to the earth. It contained all kinds of quarrels and wild beasts and creeping things of the earth and birds of the air. And there came a voice to him saying, Rise up, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, No, by no means, Lord. For I have never eaten anything that is common and unhallowed or ceremonially unclean. And the voice came to him again a second time. What God has cleansed and pronounced clean, do not you defile. Do not you defile and profane by regarding and calling common and unhallowed or unclean. This occurred three times. Then immediately the sheet was taken up to heaven. And according to the numbers of words that three witnesses, it is settled. Hallelujah. We are not to call what is common or unclean, common or unholy or unhallowed, unclean. All things are clean in God's sight because of what Christ has done on the cross. Galatians chapter 2, verse 11 through 14 reads, But when Cephas Peter came to Antioch, I protested and opposed him to his face concerning his conduct there, for he was blamable and stood condemned. 
For up to the time that certain persons came from James, he ate his meals with the Gentile converts. But when the men from Jerusalem arrived, he withdrew and held himself aloft from the Gentiles and ate separately for fear of those of the circumcision party. And the rest of the Jews along with him also concealed their true convictions and acted insincerely, with the result that even Barnabas was carried away by their hypocrisy, their example in insecurity and pretense. But as soon as I saw that they were not straightforward and were not living up to the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas Peter, before everybody present, if you, though born a Jew, can live as you have been living, like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how do you dare now to urge and practically force the Gentiles to comply with the ritual of Judaism and have lived like Jews? Hallelujah. P uh, Peter was two-faced. When the circumcisions came around, the Jewish Christians, hallelujah, that still did not come to the full revelation of Christ, he would side with them, but when they left, he would go right back with the Gentiles. And this caused uh, uh, some to fall into faith. Paul directs his statement to those who are strong in the faith. Here in Romans chapter 13, verse 14. For he does not want their very strength to be the cause of division within the church. After writing so much about the reality of the believer's freedom from the law, he now exerts that this new liberty not become the grounds for division by those who have found it looking down upon those who have not yet fully received it. As he also says in Galatians chapter 5, Verses 1 and 13, as translated by the New King James Version, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty with which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage to the law. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but by love serve one another. What attitude should the strong take? Should they look down upon the weak and try to put them right? Paul here is saying no. Paul says no. We are not to judge. Turn your swords back to Romans chapter 14, and we're going to read uh, verses 2 to 13, beloved. Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14, verses 2 through 13, hallelujah, reads out the Amplified Bible. I'm going to read this out of the King James Bible today. He says, for one believeth that he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not. And let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth, for God had received him. <coughs> verse, uh, verse 4. 
Who art thou that judges another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth. Yea, he shall be holding up, for God is able to make him stand. One man esteemeth one day above another, another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. He that regardeth the day regardeth it unto the Lord, and he that regardeth not the day to the Lord, he doeth not regard it. He that eateth, eateth to the Lord, for he giveth God thanks, and he that eateth not to the Lord, he eateth not and giveth God's thanks. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, it reads out the Amplified, So then, whether you eat or drink or whatever you may do, do all for the honor and glory of God. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 16, it reads, Therefore, let no one sit in judgment on you in matters of food and drink or with regard to a feast day or a new moon or a Sabbath. Hallelujah. Many have taken this particular scripture and took it out of context. In other words, if you choose, beloved, this is your choice. If you're persuaded in your mind to worship God on a Saturday, to keep the Sabbath, that is your choice. And man has no right to judge you on that. He said, be persuaded in your mind. Whatever day you decide to, you want to keep for the Lord, the Lord is going to honor that. Glory to God. Because of what Christ has done on Calvary. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 4 reads out the Amplified. For everything God has created is good, and nothing is to be thrown away or refused if it is received with thanksgiving. Hallelujah. You know, there's people that will judge you and condemn you because you eat meat and they're vegetarians. We have no right to judge no man. Hallelujah. What God has cleansed, he has cleansed. All Christ has done on the cross, when Christ said that it was finished, it was finished. Hallelujah. He has taken away the sins of the uh, sins of man. Hallelujah. And the sin of the earth. Hallelujah. All things are clean before the eyesight of God. Romans chapter 4 verse 7 reads, For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 15 reads, And he died for all, talking about Christ, so that all those who live might live no longer to and for themselves, but to and for him who died and was raised again for their sake. Romans chapter 14, verse 8, For whether we live, we live unto the Lord. And whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ both died and rose and revived, that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. Acts chapter 10, verse 42 reads out the Amplified, And he charged us to preach, to the people and to bear solemn testimony that he is the God appointed and God ordained judge of the living and the dead. Second Timothy chapter four verse one reads, 
I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by in the light of his coming and his kingdom. Glory to God. Jesus Christ is the living, he's the judge of the living and the dead. Back to Romans chapter 14, verse 10. Hallelujah. But why doest thou judge thy brother? Or why doest thou set it not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Therefore, beloved, we have no reason and no right to judge one another. Verse 11, for it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then, every one of us shall give account to himself to God. Let us not therefore judge one another any more, but judge this rather that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. It is not for us, beloved, to judge one another. Each believer stands individually before his Lord. Each must be convinced in his own mind and be clear in his own conscience. On the one hand, those who enjoy greater liberty must not take a superior attitude to those who do not. And on the other, those who still follow certain regulations, must not be critical of the others for doing what they themselves refuse to do. <clears throat> Turn your source to Colossians chapter 2. And we're going to read verses 16 and 17. Hallelujah. What reads out the Amplified Bible, therefore let no one sit in judgment on you in matters of food and drink, or with regard to a feast day or a new moon or a Sabbath. Such things are only the shadow of things that are to come, and they have only a symbolic value. But the reality, the substance, the solid fact of what is foreshadowed, the body of it, belongs to Christ. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1 reads, For since the law has merely a rude outline foreshadowing of the good things to come, instead of fully expressing those things, it can never be offered the same sacrifices continually year after year make perfect those who approach its altar. All these things, hallelujah, are foreshadow of things to come, when Christ the King, the Messiah, returns for his bride. Hallelujah. We are commanded not to be a stumbling block to our brothers and sisters in Christ. We are not to be a stumbling block to our brothers and sisters in Christ. Hallelujah. Romans, let's continue in our uh, reading of Romans. Romans 14 verse 13 to 23. He says, Let us not therefore judge one another any more, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion 
to fall in his brother's way. We are commanded, hallelujah, not to hinder our brother's walk. It reads out the Amplified Bible, then let us no more criticize and blame and pass judgment on one another, but rather decide and endeavor never to put a stumbling block or an obstacle or a hindrance in the way of a brother. Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter 8 verse 9 reads out the Amplified, only be careful that this power of choice, this permission and liberty, do as you please, which is yours, does not somehow become a hindrance, cause of stumbling to the weak or over-scrupulous, giving them an impulse to sin. We are not to be stumbling blocks to our brothers and our sisters, causing them to stumble, fall, and sin. Romans 14, verse 14, I know and am convinced, persuaded, as one in the Lord Jesus, that nothing is forbidden as initially unclean, defiled, and unholy in itself. But nonetheless, it is unclean, defiled, and unholy to anyone who thinks it is unclean. But if your brother is being pained or his feelings hurt or if he is being injured by what you eat, then you are no longer walking in love. You have ceased to be giving, living, and conducting yourselves by the standard of love towards him do not let what you eat hurt or cause the ruin of one of for whom Christ has died. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 11 reads, And so by your enlightenment, your knowledge of spiritual things, this weak man is ruined, is lost, and perished, the brother of whom Christ the Messiah has died. We are not to become a stumbling block to our brothers and sisters in Christ. Verse 16. Do not therefore let what seems good to you be considered an evil thing by someone else. In other words, do not give occasion for others to criticize that which is justifiable for you. After all, the kingdom of God is not a matter of getting the food and drink one likes, but instead it is righteousness, that state which makes a person acceptable to God, and heart, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. He who serves Christ in this way is acceptable and pleasing to God and is approved by men. So let us then definitely aim for and eagerly pursue what makes for harmony and for mutual upbuilding, edification and development of one another. You must not, for the sake of food, undo and break down and destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed ceremonially clean and pure, but to hurt the conscience of others or to make them fall by what he eats. The right thing is to eat no meat or drink no wine at all or do anything else if it makes your brother stumble or hurts his conscience or offends or weakens him. Your personal convictions on such matters, exercise them as in God's presence. 
keeping them to yourself, striving only to know the truth and obey his will. Blessed, happy to be envied, is he who has no reason to judge himself for what he approves, who does not convict himself by what he chooses to do. But the man who has doubts, misgivings, an uneasy conscience about eating and then eats perhaps because of you, stands condemned before God because he is not true to his convictions and he does not act from faith. For whatever does not originate and proceed from faith is sin. Whatever is done without a conviction, its approval by God is sinful. Hallelujah. We are not to persuade our brothers and sisters to sin or, or even uh, press our thoughts and opinions upon them. Glory to God. And if we do something and we have a conviction in our conscience and we still do it, it's considered sin. And we are not to be a stumbling block to our brothers. Each one of us have a personal relationship with Christ. And God speaks to each one of us. Hallelujah. Now, though we may be convinced in our own heart concerning our liberty in Christ, we must be careful that our liberty does not cause damage to a weaker Christian. If by our instances or exercising gospel-based liberty, a weaker Christian follows our example of liberty, but does, does so without being fully convinced in his own mind and conscience. He is not doing it in faith, and therefore it becomes sin to him. And we who are free have become an obstacle which has caused him to stumble. So Paul here gives four all-important principles for us to use as guidelines in our attitude toward other Christians, towards other believers. One, everything should be done unto the Lord. Romans chapter 14, verse 6 and 7, he goes on to say, He who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. He also who eats, eats in honor of the Lord since he gives thanks to God, while he who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. None of us lives to himself but to the Lord, and none of us dies to himself but to the Lord. Two, everything should be governed by righteousness, peace, and joy. Romans chapter 14, verse 17 reads out the Amplified, after all, the kingdom of God is not a matter of getting the food and drink one likes, but instead it is righteousness, that state which makes a person acceptable to God, and heart peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Three, everything should be done for peace and mutual edification. Romans chapter 14, verse 19 reads out the Amplified. So let us then definitely aim for and eagerly pursue what makes for harmony and for mutual upbuilding, edification, and development of one another. Is what you're doing edifying and building up your brother or sister in Christ? Is your discussion building up and edifying the brother and sister in Christ? Everything that we should do 
should be done for peace and mutual edification, Paul is saying. And for everything should be done in faith. Verse 23 of Romans 14 says, But the man who has doubts, misgivings, an uneasy conscience about eating and then each, perhaps because of you, stands condemned before God because he is not true to his convictions and he does not act from faith. For whatever does not originate and proceed from faith is sin. Whatever is done without a conviction of its approval by God is sin. Hallelujah. Note Paul's governing principle here in Romans 14, verse 17 and 18. He said, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and approved by man. Turn your swords to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 which reads out the Amplified Bible, but without faith it is impossible to please and to be satisfactory to him. For whoever would come near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that he is the rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek him out. Now we know from here in Romans 11 verse 6 that it is impossible to please God without faith. So what Paul is saying that serving Christ in the way of righteousness, peace, and joy is pleasing to God, it must be motivated by faith. Paul also identifies this righteousness, peace, and joy as being in the Holy Spirit. It is only through faith and by the power of God, Spirit, that true righteousness, peace, and joy can govern our relationship with other Christians. No wonder this is not only pleasing to God, but also approved by him. Everyone, Christians and non-Christians alike, recognizes that if there is righteousness, peace, and joy being expressed in a relationship, somebody is doing something right. Hallelujah. But rather, we are commanded to love. We are commanded to love. Hallelujah. For in Romans chapter 15, verses 1 through 12 reads, We who are strong in our convictions and of robust faith are to bear with the fault failings and the fragilities and the tender scruples of the weak. We ought to help carry the doubts and squirms of others and not to please ourselves. Let each one of us make it a practice to please, make happy his neighbor for his good, for his true welfare, to edify him, to strengthen him, and build him up spiritually. For Christ did not please himself, gave no thought to his own interests, but as it is written, the reproaches and abuses of those who reproached and abused abused you, fell upon me. Hallelujah. All the reproaches, all, hallelujah, all the persecutions, all everybody talking about you, hallelujah, fell upon Christ, the Messiah, 
Verse 4, for whatever was thus written in former days was written for our instruction, that by our steadfast and patient endurance and the encouragement drawn from the scriptures, we might hold fast to and cherish hope. Now may the God who gives the power of patient endurance, steadfastness, and who supplies encouragement grant you to live in such mutual harmony and such full sympathy with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may unaimously with a united hearts and one voice praise and glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, Welcome and receive to your hearts one another. Then even as Christ has welcomed and received you for the glory of God, we are to welcome and receive one another. Hallelujah. The word of God says, with a joyful heart, glory to God. Romans chapter 15, verse 8. He says, for I tell you that Christ the Messiah became a servant and a minister to the circumcised, the Jews, in order to show God's truthfulness and honesty by confirming and verifying the promises given to our forefathers. And also in order that the Gentile nations might glorify God for his mercy, not coveted to them. As it is written, therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing praises to your name. Hallelujah. Psalms chapter 18 verse 49 reads, Therefore will I give thanks and extol you, O Lord, among the nations and sing praises to your name. Hallelujah. Back to Romans chapter 15 verse 11. Verse 10, again it says, rejoice, exalt, O Gentiles, along with his own people. We have been grafted in to the vine. The Gentiles have been grafted in to the vine. Verse 11, and again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples praise him. And Father Isaiah says, there shall be a sprout from the root of Jesse. He who raises to rule over the Gentiles, in him shall the Gentiles hope. Our hope, hallelujah, comes from the Lord. We now enter the next chapter of Paul's letter where Paul gives some practical tips on how these relationships can be governed by righteousness, peace, and joy. He now outlays five principles of love which, when put into operation, would bring such a spirit of unity among believers that with one heart and mouth, we will glorify the Lord and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. One, he says, bear with the failings of the weak. Romans chapter 15, verse 1, reads out the Amplified. He says, we who are strong in our convictions and of robust faith are to bear the failings and the frailties and the tender scruples of the weak. We ought to help carry the doubts and squims of others and not to please ourselves. 
Here he says that we are to love the weak. We are to love them. Love tolerates the prejudices and faults which comes from weakness of faith. We are to walk in love, but today, beloved, Hallelujah. We don't tolerate it. Hallelujah. We don't we have little patience for the weak. But here we are commanded those that are strong in their conviction and robust in their faith that they are to bear the failings and the fragilities of the weak. We are commanded here to carry to help carry the doubts. Hallelujah. Of our brothers and sisters and not to please ourselves. We are to edify them and to encourage them and lift them up. But today, we turn our back, beloved, making statements like, if you ain't got it, oh well. This is not the way of the Spirit. Two, do not please yourselves. Our greatest example is, of course, the Lord Jesus himself. He says here in Romans chapter 15, verse 3, for Christ did not Please give no thought to his own interest, but as it is written, the reproaches and abuses of those who reproached and abused you fell on me. It's not about us, beloved. We need to die to self. Christ, in his ministry on earth, he walked a selfless life. He gave no thought to his own interest. Hallelujah. But he went about doing good to all. He encouraged all. He is our our greatest example. Now, no one knew greater liberty than Christ the Messiah. He did not put the enjoyment of his liberty before the needs of others. Neither should we, beloved. Instead, he gave himself as a servant to the Jews in order to bring liberty to them and hope to the Gentiles according to Romans chapter 15, verses 1 to 12. What is a servant? Hallelujah. Let's look that word up, servant. What is a servant? Hallelujah. It's one that serves. Hallelujah. Too many people want to be Indians, want to be chiefs and not an Indian. A person, the word servant means a person working in the service of another. Retainer, a worker. Christ was a servant. He served. The word serves means act to fulfill a purpose, role, or function. We have been called to serve, to to duty or hold office, to work, to work. We are servants. Christ was a servant. Hallelujah. And so should we be. If we are being transformed into his image and into his likeness, if we are to have the mind of Christ, he said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Christ was a servant. He come to serve. He said, no greater liberty than, than this. He was our demonstration and example. And next to Jesus, there was never anyone more thoroughly liberated than Paul. In fact, Paul was so completely free from spiritual bondage that he was not even in bondage to freedom. Like his Lord, 
Paul could forego his freedom anytime he decided by choice. As he explained in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19. Let's go there, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and we're going to read verses 19 to 22. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19 to 22, we're going to read. And of course, I'm going to read that out the Amplified. And it reads, For although I am free in every way from anyone's control, I have made myself a bondservant to everyone so that I might gain the more for Christ. To the Jews I became as a Jew that I might win Jews. To men under the law I became as one under the law, though not myself being under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those without outside law I became as one without law, not that I am without the law of God and lawless towards him, but that I am especially keeping within and committed to the law of Christ, that I might win those who are without law. Talking about the Gentiles. To the weak, wanting in discernment, I have become weak, wanting in discernment, that I might win the weak and over scrupulous. I have, in short, become all things to all men, that I might by all means, at all costs, and in every and any and every way, save some by winning them to faith in Jesus Christ. Paul became all things to all men in Christ the Messiah. Hallelujah. Though I am free, Paul says, and belong to no man, I make myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. Love for others was his foremost motive. Love for others should be our foremost motive. Two, uh, I'm sorry, three, build one another up. Build one another up for Romans chapter 15 verse 2 said, let each one of us make it a practice to please make happy his neighbor for his good and for his true welfare, to edify him, to strengthen him and build him up spiritually. We are to make it a daily practice, beloved, to build up our brothers and sisters in Christ. We should make it a daily practice, hallelujah, to, hallelujah, to build one another up in the faith not tear one another down, not judge one another, but to build one another up. He says, rather than pulling one another down by judging each other's level of spirituality, we are instead to do the opposite. We are always to speak words of encouragement to one another. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25 reads, and let us consider and give attentive conscious continuance care to watching over one another, studying how we may stir up, stimulate, and incite to love and helpful deeds and noble activities, not forsaking or neglecting to assemble together as believers, as is the habit of some people, but admonishing, warning, urging, and encouraging one another. 
and all the more faithfully as you see the day approaching. He says, let us consider and give attentive, continuous care to watching over one another. He says, studying how we may stir up, stimulate and incite to love and helpful deeds and noble activities in one another. We are to study how to, hallelujah, to incite and stimulate love in our brothers and sisters. Not debating, not hatred, but love. Hallelujah. And the following verses Paul gives on, goes on to tell us how we can build one another up. Hallelujah. Four, learn from the examples in the written word. The experiences of believers of old are recorded in the scripture so that we can learn from their lives just how faithful God is in every situation of life. Their life accounts are written, says Paul, to encourage us and to give us endurance through our trials of faith. Turn your swords to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11. Also, turn your swords to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Hold your place at verse 16. For in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11, it reads, Now these things befell them by way of a figure as an example and warning to us. They were written to admonish and fit us for right action by good instruction. We in whose days the ages have reached their climax, the consummation and concluding period. The Old Testament was written for our example, hallelujah, to encourage us. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 reads, For every scripture is God-breathed, given by his inspiration, and profitable for instruction, for reproof and conviction of sin, for correction of error and discipline and obedience, and for training in righteousness and holy living, in conformity to God's will and thought, purpose, and action, so that the man of God may be complete and proficient, well-fitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. The word of God, hallelujah, is God-breathed. It's good, hallelujah, it's a prophet us for instructions, for reproof, for conviction of sin, for correction of error and discipline and obedience, and for training in righteousness and holy living and conformity to God's will and thought, purpose, and action. Psalms 119, Psalms 119, verse 105, reads out the Amplified. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 19 reads, And we have the prophetic word made firmer still. You would do well to pay close attention to it as, the, as a lamp shining in a dismal, dark place until the day breaks through the gloom and the morning star rises, comes into being in your hearts. We are to read the word of God. We are to study the word of God. Hallelujah. And it says here that the that the the um until the day breaks through the gloom and the morning star arises in your heart. 
as we apply to our own lives what we learn from their experiences, our hearts are filled with hope. And we build one another up as we share the reality of the word with one another. Hallelujah. We are to build one another up, hallelujah, by the word of God, to encourage one another by the word of God. You can make it, sister. The word of God says that greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. Christ is the greater one in you, so you can endure, you can make it. We are to encourage one another. Hallelujah. Accept one another. Let's go back to Romans chapter 15, verse 7, and it reads out the Amplified, Welcome and receive to your hearts one another. Then even as Christ has welcomed and received you for the glory of God, we are to accept one another in the same way that Jesus has accepted us, not based upon their merits, but upon his love. In the same spirit of grace ministered to us, we are now to minister to one another. Turn your swords to 1 John chapter 5 and hold your place at verse 1. We are now to minister to one another. As John so beautifully expresses it here in 1 John chapter 5, verse 1, everyone who believes, adheres to, trusts, and relies on the fact that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, is a born-again child of God. And everyone who loves the Father also loves one born of him, his offspring. Putting into practice these five principles of love builds a spirit of unity. And what is the secret of practicing these five principles? Here in Romans chapter 15, verse 5, Paul says, Now may the God who gives the power of patient endurance, steadfastness, and who supplies encouragement grant you to live in such mutual harmony and such full sympathy with one another in accord with Christ Jesus. He says, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ the Messiah. The secret to the whole of Romans chapter 13 through 15 is found that simple phrase, as you follow Christ Jesus. For it is as we walk in the footsteps of the Lord Jesus Christ that we express love as he did. Turn your swords to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. For it reads, therefore be imitators of God. Copy him and follow his example. As well beloved children imitate their father. And walk in love, esteeming and delighting in one another as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a slain offering and sacrifice to God for you, so that it became a sweet fragrance. Hallelujah. He says, be imitators of God, copy him, and follow his Example, as well, beloved children, imitate their father. We are to imitate our father, Yahweh. 
Hallelujah. We are to imitate him, beloved. Glory to God. We are to imitate him, beloved. I'm going to change the title. I said the attitude towards the flesh. We must put our flesh to death and encourage one another to walk in love, to edify one another in the things of God, not to push them away, not to judge them, not to be harsh towards them. Glory to God. It is too much, and too much, hallelujah. It's, it takes a lot of energy to hate on folks. But when you have the love of God in your heart, which you do by the Holy Spirit, we are commanded to love our brothers and sisters, not to judge them, but to edify them, to encourage them in the things of God. Hallelujah. To support and to be there for one another, those who weak, we hallelujah, we are not super, we are not superwoman and superman. All of us have our moments where we are weak. Glory to God. We are to be encouraging to one another, to uplift one another, to not to judge one another. We have died in Christ the Messiah. On um, tomorrow. We're going to finish up uh, Lesson 31 of our study in the book of Romans. And we are going to be talking about the heart of God. If you would, read Romans chapter 15. Read all of Romans chapter 15. Hallelujah. We're going to talk about the heart of God on tomorrow. Paul said that he was a servant of the Jews, that he might give and he that he gives hope to the Gentiles. Hallelujah. It is by the blood of Christ that you and I are saved, not of ourselves. Father, we just thank you for this word on today, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we are encouraging one another in the things of Christ. Father, that we're building one another up in love and that we are stimulating one another to love. Help us, Father, to bear the weakness, the weakness of our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ that have not come into the full revelation of Jesus Christ. Let us be examples, O oh Father, and let, Father, your word emanate through us that it would touch their hearts and bring change. We thank you, Father, that we are imitating you in our life. We want to be transformed into the image of Christ, O oh Lord. You are our perfect example, Jesus, and we want to be like you, Lord. We want to be like you, Lord. We want to imitate you, Father. We want to copy you, you, that men might be saved. We want to be hope bringers, O oh Lord, not destroyers of hope. We thank you for your word on today, O oh Father. We thank you, Lord, for truth. In Christ Jesus, we pray. 
Amen and amen. Well, beloved, hallelujah. We are commanded not to walk in the flesh, and if we're walking in the flesh, we are not pleasing God. And if your conscience pricks you concerning something that you're doing, that is sin. And if you're going against your conscience, that is sin, beloved, according to what we just read in the scriptures. We are commanded to walk in love towards one another, not to judge one another on what level they're on in the faith, but we are to build one another up in love. We are not to compromise the word of God or agree with a sinful lifestyle, but we are to pray for our brothers and sisters, to encourage them, hallelujah, that they will come into the true revelation knowledge of Christ, the Messiah, what he has done for them. Too many in the body of Christ are hurting because they're being judged, they're being criticized, they're they're walking away because there's lack of love in the church. There's lack of love. Hallelujah. We judge one another by appearances, by how much money they got, what house they live in. None of that don't even matter, beloved. See, because you can have the most expensive car and a gorgeous house and fancy clothes, But if you do not have the love of Christ dwelling on the inside of you and demonstrating and operating from you, all those materialistic things don't mean anything. We have been commanded to walk in love. And if we're constantly, hallelujah, brother and sister, telling them to walk in love, and they actually are walking in love, but we are judging them by outward appearance, We cause them to stumble. Now, grant you, beloved, some of us are born naturally with love. Some of us aren't. But God wants to take that natural love that he has gifted you with and transform it into the love of Christ. Too many times we we batter people we make them feel like they're not worth anything in the body of Christ when they are in God's eyesight. Hallelujah. Love does its brother no wrong. Romans chapter 13, verse 10. And I like to just read that over again because, it I mean, it <clears throat> that particular verse really jumped out at me. I was, hallelujah, why did it jump out at me? Because I was called from the womb. I saw things differently than other people, and I loved people. I loved them no matter what they did to me. I I still loved them. Hallelujah. You know, when people thought that I was mean and I was evil, I wasn't. I had love in my heart, even towards my enemies. Someone even told me, hallelujah, that um, I must not love myself if I'm, I'm allowing my husband to do this and that. 
what, what he was doing to me, I still forgave and walked in love. I had genuine love. See, love sees beyond the fault of another. Love sees way beyond that, beloved. They see love, real pure love sees how they can be effective in God's kingdom, how they can be a benefit to God's kingdom. Love sees what God sees in them. Worldly love, looking out fleshly eyes, see their faults and will quickly point them out. But see, love sees beyond that. And when I read Romans chapter 13, verse 10, it says, Love does no wrong to one's neighbor. It never hurts anybody. Therefore, love meets all the requirements and is the fulfilling of the law. This scripture was a confirmation to my heart. Because I thought something was wrong with me. I really did. Love does no wrong to one's neighbor. It never hurts anybody. And see, beloved, all the ones that are saying that they love me, they would turn around and hurt me. They lied. They would lie on me. Uh, they would tell me that I was nothing, I would be nothing. They said all evil against me. They told me that I was disobedient, and I couldn't figure that out. Hallelujah. I have, I, I have a love for God. And when I read this scripture, it set me free because it was a confirmation to me that God's love was abiding in me because I looked past the faults, failures, and abuse of others. That we are held accountable before God on how we walk on this earth, how we treat one another in the body of Christ. We are held accountable. Love looks beyond one's, uh, someone else's fault. It looks beyond their weaknesses. It looks beyond the abuse and it continues to forgive. And sometimes, beloved, yes, it's hard to forgive when that person that says they love you stab you in your back. I'm not going to lie to you. It's hard. Hallelujah. Let us walk in love today towards one another, beloved, in the body of Christ. Let us stop passing judgment upon one another and live for Christ, beloved. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Tomorrow we will pick up on the heart of God on tomorrow. Beloved, may God bless you. May God keep you. May God's face shine upon you as you continue to seek his face by sitting at his feet and learning from him. Until tomorrow, beloved, have a blessed and wonderful day. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.